Hey, what's up, guys? Cole right here with my guy, Ryan Shazier, to give you a special midseason check-in. What are we going to do? We're going to look at the current playoff teams and reveal the strengths and weaknesses for each squad. All that and more coming up next on the Tuesday edition of The Ringer NFL Show. Today's episode of The Ringer NFL Show on The Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by State Farm. Getting great car and home insurance from State Farm at a surprisingly great rate? Well, that's like drafting a player that becomes an all-pro. The real deal. State Farm agents provide personalized service so you can customize your insurance to fit your needs, like a GM putting together their very own roster. You need a team that supports you, and State Farm's got a great one. In addition to agents, the award-winning mobile app helps manage coverage, pay bills, file claims, and more. With a great price and even greater service, State Farm goes from strength to strength. Choose insurance that always brings its A-game. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. All right, thanks for stopping by. You know what time it is. Welcome to the Ringer NFL Show. It's a Tuesday edition. I'm alongside my guy, as always, former Ohio State Buckeye, Pittsburgh Steelers, Ryan Shazier. And Ryan, my man, we're at the midway point. So what are we going to do? We're going to take a closer look at some of those front runners. Uh, Pittsburgh, your Steelers included, Ryan. Uh, there's one unbeaten so far, 16 teams currently under 500 and uh we're looking at the nfc least or the nfc east because uh every single squad right now under that 500 mark but uh as the midway point has finally arrived ryan you know back during your playing days what was the message inside the locker room once you reached halftime of the season man so you know every every week we always talked about starting off you know four no and then now it's another new season, try to start off four and no again. And, you know, the Steelers, they, they're doing that right now. You know, they they have a perfect season. Um, and you always try to win the, uh, each each quarter of the season in, mm-hmm. like, in, like, less quarters, little four-part four seasons. And, um, you know, we're just going to break it down right now and just talk about every team. And I feel like the Steelers and, you know, Mike Tomlin, they're doing it what every team want to do. You know, they're winning one game at a time, winning each week. Doesn't matter how it looks, they're doing what they have to do. So that's something that was always kind of fun and interesting to me because it doesn't matter how you start off in a certain part of the season. You know, if you go in the stretch and win four games, that means you won that part of the season and they can get you back on the road for where you want to be at. So uh, you see that with some of the teams right now. You know, like even with the Saints, you know, how they started yep. off a little funky, but then, you know, now they're starting to catch fire, you know? So um, it's, it's, I think it's going to be interesting uh, to be able to talk about everybody uh, strengths and weaknesses this week. Yeah, we're going to dig into some of those weaknesses and strengths, some of those pros and cons in just a second. But uh, always remember that you can listen to us on Spotify and check out all the other Ringer NFL show podcasts. And you can do that 
five times a week. Now, Ryan, like you said, we're going to do the rundown. We're going to give all the teams our special treatment here. We're going to take a look at some of their strengths, some of their weaknesses. And you know what? I'll let you do the AFC team since that's your forte. And since I'm a Bears fan, well, I'm, I'm going to stick over there in the NFC. So I'll let you go first, man. We're talking Pittsburgh Steelers and we're talking strengths and weaknesses. And, uh, well, seeing all that news that came out, clearly their weakness right now has to be COVID-19. Yeah, so I'm going to have to go with the Steelers' Achilles heel is going to have to be COVID. Mm. It ain't nothing stopping these guys right now, man. They're on fire. Obviously, they start off slow. I'm going to be honest. I think that, that might be the, the Achilles heel. They can't start off slow versus everybody. Their, their offense, sometimes it takes time to build up to get where they wanted to go. And when you're playing against powerhouses like the Chiefs, Seattle, you know, and, and – uh, Green Bay, those type of teams that have potent, potent offenses, you, you can't start off slow like that. When you're going against teams that can run the ball and they try to control the possession of the game, those are the games you can kind of come back on. But when you're going against teams that can score just as well as you can, those are the ones that hurt you. So I feel like, you know, Steelers are number one in the AFC, obviously. So I'm going to have to go with them. And Derek Kelly Hill will be COVID right now because obviously, man, I love Mason, but I don't think he's the answer if Ben can't play this week, you know. So yeah, I'm 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 hoping that I'm hoping that Mason, and I mean I'm hoping that Ben can play this week. You know, he has no symptoms. He goes out there, you know, and the team just plays like it normally plays. But this game's gonna be a little harder than people think it is. I know we're mm-hmm. going against the Bengals, but at the day, Joe is starting to catch fire. He's feeling good, man. You know, he's throwing the ball well. They have a bye week. I don't know why everybody gets a bye week before they play the Steelers. You know. <laughs> But, hey, you know, they got to give them a little bit of extra practice before they play us. But and they, I think I think we just have to – the Steelers just have to really focus on uh, trying to get back from COVID and actually jump-starting those teams because I, I think it's a crazy stat that the Steelers have right now. I mm-hmm. think it's like 27 games or something or 26 games with not scoring on the first drive mm-hmm. of, of the game, you know, and uh, – Obviously, we we have eight straight games with like twenty five points, but we we end up catching up. But you you don't want to start off slow every game this year, especially not in the playoffs. Yeah, you know I'm a baseball guy. In, in addition to being a big time football fan, but that that makes me think of the Steelers' offense. I think in the movie Major League when uh, Willie Mays Hayes when they took his bed and they had it out in the parking lot and, he, and they were running a sixty yard dash. And he's like, I already got cut, and then he runs and comes through and ends up winning. But that's how the Steelers seem to start every game a little slow on offense. But yeah. before it's all said and done, you know they're running right through that finish line. And obviously we're going to go with their defense as their strength so far because you know leading the league in sacks and they just get after the quarterback each and every single time out. They're the only undefeated team in the league, as we talked about off the top of the program. All right, so we make the move from number one when it comes to the AFC playoff seeding to number two, who a lot of people say that this team could be the best in all the league right now, Ryan. It's Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, man. Man, yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to agree. You know, it's, it's a, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, a lot of people would say that they're the best team in the NFL. And the only reason I it's hard for me to say that, and, and people are going to say, no, because you're a Steeler fan and you were a Steeler. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Like, you have to respect g- greatness. You know, it's hard to go undefeated, man. You know, like in any sport. You know, I talk to people all the time. They was like, man, such and such, they went undefeated, but they had an easy road. Just because they had an easy road, you still have to win all those games, man. And, you know, the Chiefs, they had some games this year 
I mean, they had a game this year when they could have came and won the game, but the Raiders punched them in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of the day, if the, the Steelers and the Chiefs play each other and the, and the Steelers play like they've been playing all season, it's still a possibility they can punch them in the mouth and still get the win. So I'm going to have to go with the Steelers because they're 8-0 uh, at number one. The Chiefs, the reason I had them at number – I mean, I don't have them at number two. They are number two team in the <laughs> AFC. Um, but I, I think their offense is really potent. Their offense is potent, um, and that is their strength by far. Patrick Mahomes, and he has weapons galore. You know, uh, somebody was just saying, like, the Chiefs are like a, a, a great college team. Whenever you know the Chiefs are coming, you know where they're about to go. You know what you're getting from them. They're, they're going to have offense. You have just guys coming from everywhere that you can give the ball to. But I I still question their defense. Their defense is, has been stepping up. But I, I question it because I just I just don't know if those are the guys that that you need, you know, to to go back to back with. You know, and they let teams jump out on them sometimes, but if a team jumps out on them and actually starts controlling the rock and not give them the ball back, like for instance, the Panthers. The Panthers really had that one in the bag and it's, you know, it slipped away from them. But a better team like the Ravens, you know, I know they beat I know they beat the Titans last year, but the Ravens, the Bills, you know, the Steelers, the the, the guys that can actually know, control the ball really well, I feel like those are the ones that can beat the Chiefs. So I feel like they're my Achilles heels is them. It's the same thing with the with the Steelers. They their defense allows people to jump out on them and control it. You know, and their defense isn't strong enough to sometimes keep the ball from people. I mean, I mean, to take the ball back away. With the Steelers and, you know, the Ravens and, and those type of guys, their defense keeps them in the game. The Chiefs' defense don't keep them in the game. Their offense keeps them in the game. You know, so I feel like their weakness is their defense because, you know, sometimes it's just, it put them in sticky situations and people can, you know, hide a weenie on them. They can control the clock and just make it really difficult for them to play to play uh, offense, yeah. That's no matter what, no matter how many times you hear it, just uh, the, the terminology "hide the weenie," just just terrible, <laughs> te- terrible. But uh, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let hey. you I'm gonna let you turn that phrase right there. But hey, uh, when, but when you think of Kansas City, though, I mean, I, I, I you know when you make, when you make a, a a college comparison, Kansas City they remind me of Hawaii, coached by June Jones back in the day, or even Texas Tech, Patrick Mahomes' alma mater when Mike Leach was the head coach because oh, you I knew. You were about to say with uh. No, not with, with Cliff Kingsbury. Not with Cliff. <laughs> no, with, with, with Mike Leach and yeah. uh, and and Sonny Cumbie and 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 those guys that they went after. They went out there and, and and they scored points. And everyone said, "Well, all they do is throw the ball." Well, then guess what? Go oh, out man. there and stop it. It's like you're playing <laughs> Mortal Kombat and say, "Oh, he uses Liu Kang, and all he does is bicycle kick and throw fireballs." Well, if you win games and that's how you win it, then stop it. And that's exactly what we've seen from Kansas City. They put points on the board week after week after week. Now we're moving on to the three seed in the AFC. It's the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. He has to be their strength right now, Ryan. Yeah, no. Yeah, man. I, I I feel sorry for Josh. You know, he lost his grandmother. You know, everybody. I don't know how everybody's relationship is with theirs, but me and my grandmother have a great relationship. And, you know, I don't know where I'll be without her. Sure, condolences um, to and, Josh Allen for sure. Yeah, yeah, condolences. And, you know, he, he went out there and, and showed his ass off, man. He went out with 400 yards passing mm-hmm. with four total touchdowns. Man, Josh Allen, man, the quarterbacks in the league, man, we have a bright future, man. We have a really bright future ahead of us. You know, uh, everybody thought it was going to be Baker, but it ended up being uh, Josh. You know, mm-hmm. everybody thought it was going to be uh, 
uh, Sam Darnold, and it ended up being. I, I never, I never thought it was going to be Sam Darnold. Just for the, <laughs> just for the record, no disrespect to Sam Darnold or uh, or Josh Allen, but I never thought it was going to be either one of those cats. No, but yeah, but but it is Josh Allen. You know what I'm saying? No, but yeah, you know what I'm saying like everybody thought it was going to be uh, all these other guys, and, and look, you got Lamar. Everybody thought it was going to be Trubisky, you know, and <laughs> who who thought it was going to be Trubisky? Hey. <laughs> The Bears, man. maybe Ryan Pace, but I, I think he may have been a man on the island for that one. Once again, <laughs> no, disrespect. no disrespect, no disrespect. No, but no, but at the end of the day, he's really the strength of their team right now. You know, because they really have weapons all over the field. But do they? You know, like they have older guys. But they're making plays. John Brown, Cole Beasley. You know, uh, those guys are those guys are really playing some great football. And Josh Allen is leading that team, man. Yep. And Singletary, he, he's running the ball really well. He's running the ball really well. So, um, and their defense, you know, they start off a little funky, but now they're starting to catch up. And, um, but I think that their strength is really going to be is Josh Allen. He's controlling the offense, controlling the way they play. And um, it, the, 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 my biggest Achilles heel with Josh is sometimes he wants to do a little too much, mm-hmm. and and sometimes you just got to depend on your guys and you know check the ball down or or just get rid of it. And he's been learning to do that better. If you become more efficient at doing that, I feel like they're going to be a problem. But my biggest Achilles heel with the bill is Josh Allen just wants to be, try to do too much sometimes. And sometimes it can put you in bad situations versus really good defenses. Yeah, playing a little hero ball. We've seen that with with Josh Allen. We've seen that with a bunch of other quarterbacks throughout the years. And uh, hopefully Sean McDermott and those guys will be able to rein things in and, and, and have him play a smarter brand of football, especially when they're in those big games late in the season. You know, usually we've seen strengths and weaknesses, Ryan, on uh, one side of the ball as opposed to the other. It's it's an offense, is a strength or a weakness or the defense, vice versa. But uh, on this next team, the four seed currently in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans, I think their strength and weakness is both on the offensive side of the ball. What do you say? Yeah. My biggest weakness for them, one of them is that Taylor Lewan got hurt. So their offensive line is not, the same as it's always been, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't. Me personally, I just don't trust Ryan Tannehill. Hey, that's like, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, well, <laughs> but you have to say no disrespect, though. No disrespect, but <laughs> I'm not saying no disrespect. I don't trust him. I'm just gonna be honest. Like, it, it, like he's a he's a great guy, man. But it's just I don't know, man. He has weapons. He has Corey Davis. He has AJ Brown. You know, you have, they have Johnny Smith. And then Derrick Henry, he's running that thing, man. He's really running it. Like, I, their running game is really solid. It's really solid. But when you slow that running game down, you know, like the Steelers did a little bit, and then really make Tannehill start throwing the ball, I feel like that's when they kind of get in trouble. You know, when, you know, they can run it whenever they want to, then Tannehill can throw it whenever he wants to. Their offense is potent. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to stop. But when you make them, hey, Tannehill, it's first down and y'all can't run the ball, make something happen. That's where they scare me because uh, it's a lot of good defenses that can make them do that. You know, so uh, I just, you know, I don't really, I don't really trust, I don't really trust them that much. So yeah. I'm going to have to, yeah, Tannehill it has to be their weakness to me, you know. And uh, the offensive line play is playing well, but the fact that they don't have Taylor LeWine, who is like their, their leader, um, you know, that's going to slow things down and it really helps defenses stop their running in a little bit. But, uh, they're, but their, but their defense, I don't, I don't really see a problem with their defense. Their defense is solid, you know, and they just got, uh, 
Desmond King, he's a really, really good cornerback. You know, so um, I know he wasn't doing well at the Chargers, but he's a good cornerback, and I think he's going to surge really well in their defense. So me personally, I, I, I'm going to have to go with Tannehill. It's going to be the – gonna be the weakness for me you know uh i just don't i don't i don't really trust him that much to just be like hey derek's having a bad day derek derek has corona you know obviously they messed everybody up everybody else up with corona at the beginning of the season but hey derek has corona i make something work i I don't really i don't really Mm. trust it you know so Okay, well, let's let's make the move to the, the fifth seed in the AFC. Let's go to Baltimore. The Lamar Jackson and the Ravens right now. I mean, we saw what they did last year, 13-3. and three. This year, you know, one of the best teams still in the league, but not on that same clip as they were a season ago. I'm going to be honest. I was watching that game, and I was like, yeah, the Ravens are losing this one. The Ravens are losing this one. Their defense really stepped up, and their, you know, their, the officials gave them the worst pick of NFL history. Did you watch that game? Did you see what happened? That pick was terrible. The one that they gave Marcus Peters, that was one of the worst picks I've ever seen. I'm sidetracking right now. Uh, but, <laughs> now, but their but their defense their defense is solid and their defense constantly getting turnovers and that's what that makes them really good. Their offense is really questionable. I don't, you know, Mark Ingram being out, I I didn't I didn't think it would be as big of a pain as it was, but it it, it really is kind of hurting them a little bit. But but it's really not because they're still running the ball well. But with Lamar has been starting off really bad kind of in the first half of games lately. And, you know, and when people are starting to force him to throw the ball, it gets a little funky for the Ravens, you know. So, you know, I think my Achilles heel is Lamar just accuracy in the pocket, just being a quarterback in the pocket. Uh, but their offense in general uh, – you know, their running game, they're kind of, they were, I'm going to be honest, their Achilles heel is the same Achilles heel I have with the Titans. You know, I just, Lamar, I understand he's a former MVP, but I just don't really trust him. You know, like, he doesn't really like throwing his receivers touchdowns that much. You know, he like throwing them <laughs> to his tight ends. And, you know, like, even Hollywood Brown said it when they played the Steelers. Man, why you got shooters if you're not gonna let them shoot or something like that? I forgot exactly what he said, mm-hmm. but he was just like, "Man, get get your playmakers the ball." And I, I think I, I think it's more of not just the play calling, but less the bar. You know, he has to do better at throwing the ball in the pocket. Okay, how about that six seed, a team that I projected as the AFC wild card, at least one of them? It's uh, Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders. I, I feel like your mouth always wants to fix itself. To say the Oakland Raiders, and I, yeah. I know I know how the old heads felt when they when they changed back from Los Angeles to Oakland, from Oakland to LA, and then back and forth and forth and back. But either way, the Las Vegas Raiders right now in that playoff mix, and they're out there playing some football, right? So it's it's two teams that I think are going to get into the playoffs, and two things I think are going to slip out. Uh, and wow. Raiders, you think, so you think the Raiders are going to be the one that slips out, huh? At least one the, of them. I think Raiders will be one of the teams that. Slip how dare out. you? I just said that they were playing some ball, and you, and then you got to go out there and crush my dreams, man. I think they're gonna be one of the teams <laughs> that slip out. The thing is, I love I love Josh Jacobs as a running back. I love mm-hmm. him. I think they have a solid team, but it's, it's just something about them I, I just don't trust, man. I just I just don't trust. You know, uh, their offense their offense is pretty good, especially when they lean on Josh Jacobs. Derek Carr hasn't really been turning the ball over, but their but their their defense is is questionable at times. So. I I think the one thing that I really struggle with with the Raiders is just their defense. I think their defense has to 
just get more turnovers or, or just stand up a little bit better. Um, when they every time the Raiders start playing the tough teams, besides the Chiefs, they 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 have struggles, and you can't you just can't win playing sorry teams and make it to the playoffs. You can't make it to the playoffs, but that's when it stops. You know, you have to start when you start playing tough teams. You have to really show up. And the Raiders, they're going to always do good versus the Chiefs because that's a divisional opponent. Mm-hmm. When you're going against your division, you know, it's either it's make or break. If you can't beat your own division teammate, mean teams, then you, it's no need to be in the playoffs. So, um, but I think they're, I think honestly, I I think the Colts are better than them, Oof. and I think the Browns are better than them. Oof! Yikes! So, um, this is my personal opinion. Okay, we, we got some some Raiders fans on line one taking exception <laughs> to you saying that the Colts and Browns are currently better than the Raiders. But uh, you know that's that's what we're here for. We want we want you to throw those things out, those strengths, those weaknesses when it comes to some of those teams. And uh, you said you see two teams slipping out. If you're going with the Raiders as one, I'm I'm going to go on a limb and go with uh, the Dolphins, the team currently in the in that seven hole as the other squad you see slipping out. Yeah, uh, that's, that's I'm that's with the, you on that one. That's the other team I see slipping out. Okay. You know, because, you know, honestly, the Dolphins. The Dolphins. They're the Dolphins. It's okay. You can say it. They're the Dolphins. Man, I, I don't know. I might have a little bit of Dolphin hate in my blood because I never liked them growing up. Let me be honest. Because the reason I say that is because, I, I you know, I grew up in, in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and the, the Dolphins were just never good. They were just never good. So the only, t- the only per- people I liked on the Dolphins were was Jason Taylor. And the reason I liked Jason Taylor, because he was a dog. Yeah, you didn't have a J. Because, you didn't have a Jay Feeler jersey as a kid growing up. No, 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 I did not. I did not. The Dolphins are like the Browns when it came to quarterbacks, man. Um, but not now. I think Tua was going to be the guy. I definitely think Tua was going to be the guy. But the only reason I liked the Dolphins growing up is because Jason Taylor. He had a ball head, and I was a five year old with a ball head. So other than that, I didn't like yeah. anything else. I didn't like anything else with the Dolphins. Uh, but me personally, I think the Dolphins are a, a solid squad, but. I talked. I talked uh, with. I think with you and a few guys about this earlier. Mm-hmm. The things with the Dolphins is, if you're a fan of the Raiders, name me one starter on the Dolphins' offense, but you don't play fantasy. You can't. Mm-hmm. Like they or have at, at least, like you said, not name Mike Gesicki. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, not name Mike Gesicki because yep. he's the best player on their team. Um, you know, they have Devontae Parker. He's a he's a good receiver. Um, if those are the two guys, people might know. But you don't like if you live in Seattle, you don't really know those guys. You know, like you like, and I'm not trying to say that you have to have household names to be a good team, but because you really don't, because the Titans, their receiver core is is definitely better than the Brown, the, the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, some guys might not know who AJ Brown is. He's surging. You know, some guys may not know who Corey Davis is, but he's better than the who the Dolphins have. Big but dude Preston, too. Yeah, he's a big dude is, too. Yeah, he's a big dude too. Yep. But you know, but Preston Williams, he's he's a good receiver. You know, Devontae Parker, he's a good receiver, but he's not he's not somebody that's some like all you. You know, people not gonna really when fans think of him, you don't think you have the game plan for him. Obviously, teams are game planning every week. And I feel like Gesicki's a guy that they, they game plan for the most. But if I, I I was talking and playing a video game with my friend last night, he is a dolphin fan. And I was like, besides uh, Gaskins, who just went on the IR. Mm-hmm. Who is y'all starting running back? And this guy was like, um, um, we have some guy that's a free agent. 
this is a Dolphin fan. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, like that's not going to get you to the playoffs. Like, and I'm not saying not knowing your guys is not going to get you to the playoffs, but I'm saying, like, you don't have enough firepower, honestly. Uh, the best player on that team is Xavier, Xavier Howard and, mm -hmm. you know, and Jerome Baker. Me personally, I think those are the two best players on that team. They, but Tua is is really balling right now, yep. and uh, I mean, and, and Byron Jones too. I'm sorry for, the, uh, but Tua is really balling right now, and you know they have two solid wins. So I think Flores is really getting his defense to step up and really form into their own. So I'm really excited about that. If the Dolphins do make the playoffs, um, I would say they're going to make the playoffs strictly because of their defense, because the last two weeks. Um, Tua had a great game this week, but the last two weeks their defense has really sparked sparked it for their uh, for them to win these games. Because mm -hmm. the week before, when they beat the Rams, that was strictly defense. That was strictly defense and, and, and special teams. But this week, you know, their defense. You know, they had another touchdown this week, and they, they showed up. But Tua had a great game. He played well. So I just don't think they have enough firepower, especially if they playing against the Colts. Or the Browns, I just, I don't, I don't know if they had a firepower to beat them. Okay, You're throwing all these compliments at the Miami Dolphins, and then you say you see them as one of the teams that's going to slip out, <laughs> along with the the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, and you see the Colts and the Browns sneaking in. R real quick, before we make that jump to the NFC, what, what are some of the strengths and weaknesses of Indy and Cleveland, man? So, the weakness of Cleveland, everybody knows, the guy that's trying to get into the stadium. Uh, during the commercials. But yeah, I mean, th those direct deposits, they go through every Thursday for those commercials, though. I mean, he has a book of the week club at, at, at the stadium. <laughs> We've seen it. Hey, so, I, you know, obviously, I think Baker's, Baker's the problem. Um, wow. But uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I didn't wow. mean it like that. Okay. I didn't mean it like that. But another thing, I'm not going to say he's the problem, but another it, uh, Like Achilles. we said earlier in the season, though, he needs to be the point guard, not the quarterback. Yeah. Just distribute. Yeah. Let all the yeah. other pieces yeah. make plays. Yeah, just distribute. And the thing is with them, it really hurts too that like they've been having injuries too, you know. So because Nick Chubbs, like I said at the beginning of the season, I think he's one of the best traditional backs in the league. And they don't have him playing and he can really help control the clock. And then they have Odell hurt also. Mm. Um, but I think that they have enough firepower on offense and defense to keep them in the game and just to, to make it to the playoffs. I don't, I don't, it, it's gonna be hard for me to see them not make the playoffs. I uh, I feel like a few teams jumped in front of them because they didn't play football this week. Okay. You know, but they play the Texans next week and I, I, I don't see the Texans beating them. Before we get over to the NFC, when it comes to the Colts and you see them sneaking in, strengths, weaknesses, how do you like those guys? Honestly, I think the Colts, the reason I like them because I, I when I seen them play, uh, versus the the Ravens, I, I liked it how they were playing. It's just obviously they played a, a really good team. They played a really good team, um, but they really had that game. They had that game in the bag, but those two turnovers really hurt them bad. Like they had because the the Ravens scored on a fumble return, and then they got a pick, and then they scored after that pick in the third quarter. And then, you know, they, like they scored a few more times. But I really feel like the, I really feel like the Colts, they, they have they have some solid pieces on offense. You know, um, Phillip Rivers, he doesn't really turn the ball over much. He turned the ball over that game, but he doesn't really just go crazy turning the ball over. And 
you know, I feel like their defense has some solid pieces, especially with Darius Litter. You know, he's back in the in the fold, and um, I think they have some solid pieces. They're, I I think they're to me. I just think they're better than the, the Dolphins and the Raiders. So that's that's the main reason I think those two are gonna get in. I just think <laughs> the Colts. I just I just think the by, Colts by default. Yeah, yeah, just by default. I just think the Colts in the the. Uh, the Colts and the Browns, if they play the Raiders and the Dolphins each three games each, I feel like the, out of two games, I mean, the best out of three, I think both teams will win twice. So that's when, when we start getting down here, man, it gets yeah. a little funky, man. It gets a little funky. So it's not necessarily a, a, a vote for, for the Dolphins or <laughs> a, a vote for the Raiders. It's it's a, a vote against them for the Colts <laughs> yeah. and the Browns then. Okay, yeah, I see, yeah. I, I see yeah, how you're yeah. doing right there. All right, well, all right. Those are the AFC teams, according to our guy, Ryan Shazier. And uh, right around the flip side, we're going to go to the NFC because we're going to take a look at some of those strengths and weaknesses from top to bottom. Plus, I'm going to let you know which team I see sneaking in. I know that Ryan knows, but uh, you have to stick around if you want to hear that. That's next right here. Don't move. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC Pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games, it's important to have somewhere where you can go to find a good hotel. We're all over the place. Sometimes, you know, we're in Florida, we'll be in New York, we want to take the wife on a quick vacation and get away. Whether you're looking for a relaxing getaway or heading out of town to see the playoffs, Hotels.com app has a perfect hotel for every trip. Compare up to five hotels side-by-side side so you can see prices, amenities, and star ratings without having to switch back and forth between options. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app today. All right, we continue to roll here on the Ringer NFL Show Tuesday edition. We just gave you our top-to-bottom strengths and weaknesses when it comes to those AFC playoff teams. Ryan said he sees the Raiders and the Dolphins sneaking out and the Colts and Browns entering the fray once the season is finally all said and done with. And now it's time to make that move to the NFC because, Ryan, there's some teams right now sitting in playoff positions. Some are going to stay. Maybe one will go. There's another one that's going to jump in. But uh, as you gave us the strengths and weaknesses in the AFC, I'm going to do the same, and I want you to chime in on these cats in the NFC. And we're going to start with the New Orleans Saints. And uh, it's, it's obvious, it's clear-cut right now, the strength is their offense, their top five in a whole bunch of categories, third down, sacks, turnovers. But when you take a look at the Saints' weaknesses, well, they're, they're dead last when it comes to red zone defense. And if, if you want to win ball games, what do you need to do? You need to stop the opposition from scoring. And the Saints, they haven't done that a whole bunch, but they're still in first place right now and the top seed in the NFC. So that's good news for them. You know what's crazy is how they're considered 
number one in all those categories, and everybody's like, man, Drew Brees is not playing good this year. Everyone's calling Drew Brees washed up. I don't know. Did you see? <laughs> did you see that meme where the guy's trying to trying to carjack a guy with with, with a knife, and the old man's like, oh, someone please call an ambulance, call an ambulance, and he pulls out a gun. He's like, for you, not for me. That's how Drew Brees. That's how Drew Brees right now is feeling right. towards all the haters. Yeah, man. It's like. Everybody's like, yeah, Tampa's about to come in and destroy these guys. And like, yeah, here you go. Worst loss ever. Yeah, stop playing with me. <laughs> stop. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, so go go ahead. No, I'm just saying it's just crazy, man. It's just like, because even at the beginning of the season, I was like, man, I don't I don't know. But I did say when Mike comes back, I think they're going to start moving a little better. Obviously, Mike didn't have the greatest game ever, but I feel like the, the offense is just like, hey, we're flowing. We're feeling good. We got our dog out there again, so we know we can give it to him sometimes. But yep. I feel like their offense looked at really good this week. Yeah, and you know the one thing that is the common denominator in all these NFC teams, at least for the most part, is that they have that top-flight quarterback. So we go from Drew Brees and the top-ranked Saints to the number two squad, and well, we, we might as well call their quarterback the chef. Uh, I don't know, he's he's not Raekwon, but he is Russell Wilson. That man is always out there cooking, and the strengths have to be with that Seattle offense. I mean, when, when they're first in red zone and they, they just make so many plays. And Russell Wilson, he's that quarterback. Not only is he just scrambling to maybe make a play, but he's scrambling to find that open play. And we've seen that year after year. The guy doesn't miss games. He gets out there and gets after it. But on the flip side, you know, when years pass, what was Seattle known for? Not just Russell Wilson and that explosiveness, but they were known for that Legion of Boom, the Seattle defense. And that's what we're not seeing this year, their defense is ranked dead last overall. And if you want to win ball games, like we said, you got to keep the other team from scoring. Well, the Seattle Seahawks, if, if they get down early, chances are they're going to be playing catch up all game long. The defense should be called the Legion of Let You Get Buckets. Because, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you want to score some points and you want to pass some stats, Seattle, come on, let's go. We just, hey, you, our defense got to be a little bit better than yours, and we got a chance. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. hey, now, nah, but yeah, like Russell even just trademark let Russell cook, let Russ cook, because he does be cooking. I can, I can, cook. I can see Russ having like a cooking show on on HGTV. He and Sierra once once it's all said and done with, right? Couldn't you see Russell in like in a Carlton Banks sweater cooking it up and taking stuff out of the oven? I mean, he's just that guy. Let Russ cook Bob, with guest appearances by Andrew Zimmern and Bobby yeah. Flay. Yeah, Chef Alex Guanter Shirley, uh, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, he, yeah he's uh-huh. def- he's definitely one of those type of guys, hundred okay. percent. And, and, and he's an LA type of guy. He's he's a great guy, but I definitely see him doing that. Yeah. All right. So we, we go from Russell. He's going to cook. We see that every single week. Another guy who's in the, in the kitchen, no doubt, is Aaron Rodgers. He and his Green Bay Packers currently six and two. And uh, well, they, they don't turn the ball over. That that's that's how you win football games, and that's what we've seen Aaron Rodgers do. He's been very democratic with the football, but th- that that red zone defense once again, and it seems to be teams that are are lopsided the offense and, and that and that top flight play caller that's how they win games but when they lose games they do so because of that lack of defense Ryan yeah man it, it, it's it's crazy how people defense just can really make or break them and it's kind of crazy uh, uh how how the AFC and the NFC are like different because the NFC have a lot of like powerhouse defenses while the I mean the AFC while the NFC they're like hey we're about to throw so much offense at you right now, yeah. you know. And you know, so uh, I feel like that's why the Saints are actually in the first, first uh, the seed right now because they actually have a solid defense, mm-hmm. you know, and they're keeping them in the game. 
it allows them to play, hey, if the if the if our offense can't play well, at least our defense is gonna stand up. And you see that with the Seahawks and the Packers. When their defense does not play well, it's hard for their offense. Okay. Now the, the fourth seed right now, it's the Philadelphia Eagles. We know the NFC East. I mean, they're about as garbage as it gets. I I think the NFL, they need to do maybe maybe some realignment and say, hey, best records get in. If you win the division and, and you're sub 500, and you're, you're not getting it. We're, we're, not, we're not going for that right now. But, you know, when it comes to strengths and weaknesses in Philly, looking at their record, let's just say all, all they have right now are weaknesses. So let's, no, I, move, let's move from four straight to number five. Are you down with that, Ryan? Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. I just, okay. I just don't, feel, I don't feel it's fair that they, have, that they have a home game. Like, a home game, Cole. They're going to have a home game and have probably the Rams or the Cardinals coming to Philly in the winter, and they won four games. This is some bullshit. But yes, hey, it's not it great. Is. It's not great. So let, let's, just, let's just move right on along. Carson Wentz, no disrespect, but uh, I think a, a lot of people have elevated him to a spot. Maybe, maybe he shouldn't be in. Maybe he should be. We'll see how the rest of the season unfolds. But like we said, top flight quarterbacks. And there's one down in Tampa who got uh, the brakes beat off of him on a, a national stage. Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The strength, it's, it's the offense because it's Tom Brady. And what, what more can you say when he has pieces of the puzzle working? He's spreading it around. He's getting all of his receivers involved. Antonio Brown is there. Rob Gronkowski, he's feeling good. But if they're not all on the same page, is what we saw against Drew Brees and the Saints, it's not always going to work for them. Yeah, so do you think their offense is their strength? I mean, anytime that Tom Brady is leading an offensive unit, I feel like there's there, there's there's so much room for improvement if they're, if they're not looking as strong as they should. But they can go out there, they put points on the board, and that's the thing. Is Tom Brady, is, is, is this his second act? Is this his new life? Will he be the guy that's able to turn things around down there in Tampa after we saw Jameis Winston not able to do that? I, I, don't, I don't know, but right now, I, I, I can't go against any team that's led by Tom Brady offensively and not say that that's their strength. I'm going to be honest, man. I don't know. I don't know. You, you, think, it's the, they, you think it's the defense right now? I'm going to have to go to the defense. Obviously, they gave up 38 points, but their they're, they're offense... Mm -hmm. Gave up three. Their offense, I mean, their offense gave only gave them three points to That's work true. with. You know, and Tom Brady had with three turnovers. Come on, man. It's it's hard to play defense when you turn the ball over and constantly giving a, a, a good offense the ball, especially if they're playing against the number one seed in the in the NF, in the NFC. Mm -hmm. But I feel a weakness can be trying to keep everybody happy because that like I think with the, like, for instance, they, them and the Chiefs both have just unlimited weapons. But I think the thing is with them and the Chiefs is the Bucks. everybody over there is playing for a contract right now. Okay. AB's playing for a contract. Uh, Godwin's playing for a contract. Fournette's playing for a contract. Yep. It's like, you have to give all these guys the ball to keep everybody happy. And sometimes that doesn't help. That's not the best way to win. The best way to win is like, hey, whatever works, we're going to do to win. I feel like they're so focused on trying to make everybody get a piece of the pie mm -hmm. that it's going to end up hurting them in the long run. Okay. Because uh -huh. how, how, how come AB, who only played one week, has more targets than Gronk? And Gronk, yeah. is, he's been, he, he was starting to catch fire, you know? So, you know, I just, I don't know, man. I, I think, and I'm not even trying to throw no shade on him. I'm just saying, that, that just is an example. 
But I'm just—I I just feel like that can be—that uh, can be—that can hurt you sometimes when you have too many options. Sometimes too many options is is, is bad for you, man. Yeah, it's almost like like we like the phrase "too many cooks in the kitchen." I mean, if yeah. if you have a pot on the stove and you you've got seventeen chefs that keep coming through and pouring salt in that in that in that uh, gumbo, then <laughs> w- w- when you finally take that final bite, it's gonna it's, it's not gonna taste right. Like you it's said, not too, taste right. yeah, too many cooks in the kitchen, and, and like you said, not throwing shade on Antonio Brown, but say if if any big name receiver came in to the season late in the fold with Tampa and got that many targets, that would have thrown everything off schematically when it comes to the, yeah. the Tampa Bay offense. And so it's not just Antonio Brown right now. It's just an, another fly in the ointment. And that's what we've seen in Tampa yeah. and, and the, the saints, they took full advantage. They said, you know, let, let, let that Antonio smoke, Antonio Brown smoke screen. Let's, let's let that be the reason for their undoing and let's go out there and put up some points. And that's exactly what we saw. And now we make the move to the Arizona Cardinals because uh, we talked about the beginning of the season. I mean, Kyler Murray, if, if Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson, if they were to, to spawn an offspring, Kyler Murray, he'd be that dude right now. He's their strength for me. And, you know, their their weakness, I, I don't see a whole bunch of weaknesses. So if I have to go with, with one weakness, uh, I'm going to go with something that we mentioned earlier in the show when we talked about Texas Tech. I'm going to go with Cliff Kingsbury being their weakness right now. And, and not to say that he doesn't know what he's doing, but at, at five and two, he's done he's done a formidable job so far. But when things get a little bit, uh, a little more high intensity down the stretch, may- maybe we'll see some of his inefficiencies come out that we saw when when he was in Lubbock, Texas. Yeah, I, I could I could definitely agree with you with Cliff Kingsbury. I feel you know it's just a lot going on over there, man. I I, I, I don't know. I just don't tr- I just don't trust them, man. Like because their defense is starting to step up. Kyler's a good player. He's really he is a really good player. Electric. That- they have a they have a number one receiver in the in the NFL right now. Hmm. I just sometimes he has he has bad play calling in the wrong situations, man. And I feel like it really pissed the pissed them in in bad situations. Um, it really pissed them behind sometimes. And and now you asking Kyler Murray, who is an incredible, to do incredible things constantly throughout the game. And I feel like sometimes he has to make it a little bit easier for him. I feel sometimes he try to. He tried to outsmart himself, and I think he just needs to allow his weapons to work and, and not always try to go for a, a, the impact play right now, the big play right now. And I think sometimes when he does that, it kind of pits your team in bad situations. Yeah, and we know right now that the NFC West is or probably the best division in all of football, the Arizona Cardinals, whether or not they'll be able to stay strong through the back half of the schedule. That's yet to be determined. There's still some tough ones on their docket. They still have the Dolphins, which, you know, it's going to be, or excuse me, they already played the Dolphins. Uh, That's the one that they took that on the chin. Kyler Murray, not a big fan of that one, but they're they're at Seattle, at New England, at the Giants, at the Rams. And some of those games in division, they're they're going to prove to be sticky. And that that last week at the Rams, I mean, the, the Rams right now currently in that seven hole when it comes to the NFC playoff picture. And that's the team, Ryan, that I don't see sticking around. I mean, when it comes to their strength and their weakness, I mean, their strength is number 99. It's it's Aaron Donald eight days a week, but their weakness is their inability to go out there and have an offense that that has an ironclad identity. From week to week, who who, who are the Los Angeles Rams? Is it going to be Jared Goff? Is it Daryl Henderson Jr.? I mean, who is that team when it comes to their offense? To me, I think the biggest thing with, with Sean McVay, he actually does a good job of just trying to get everybody involved. You know, and 
And I think that's the one thing about the Rams. He seems like the ultimate politician, though, doesn't he? I mean, he he always says the right things, and he's the smartest guy in the room. Look, he can call out any play that he's seen. Uh, Oh, oh, by the way, he's the guy who pretty much crafted some of those plays up, and he's the one who called a lot of those plays. So it's it's no surprise that he knows what they are. Yeah, yeah, he definitely is like a politician, but I think he does a good job of just really figuring out, all right, let, let me see what kind of weapons I have. And, and making it work. Obviously, Jared Goff isn't what everybody thought he would be, you know. Uh, and you know they pay him that huge contract, just like the Eagles. But I, I feel like they have a decent amount of weapons. I just think, but if if it is a team to slide out, I think it would be the Rams because, like you said, their offense is their their weakness. But I think they still do a good job of still distributing the ball and just trying to figure things out because. Since they lost Todd Gurley, their offense has not been the same. Yeah, I know they got to be sick as they watch Todd Gurley out there with the Falcons. I mean, he hasn't racked up tons of yardage, but he seems to always be there when they when they need a touchdown. And I, I know this isn't a fantasy podcast, but you can always count on Todd Gurley at least this season to give you about eight to 11 points. And it's it's not what you're always going to see from running backs in the league. Sometimes it's feast or famine with those guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, okay, so that's the Rams. And the Rams, they're in that seven hole. And that's that's the team that I see falling out, Ryan. Like I said, that, that division, the NFC West, it's as tough as it gets. And if I had to go with two teams coming out of that division, I'm going to go with Arizona and Seattle, just because I like their quarterback play with Kyler Murray and Russell Wilson that much more. But if I had to go with that team that's going to sneak in and get that final postseason spot, you know where I'm going. You, yeah. you know I'm going with the team from Sweet Home Chicago. It's, I'm going with those Chicago Bears. That is if, if they can get things figured out with their weakness. And their weakness right now, it's glaring. It's that offense. Whether it's Nick Foles or Mitchell Trubisky, they, they seem to always want to wait around and say, all right, uh, at halftime, Guys, now we're going to start scoring. We saw 17 points in the fourth quarter. Too little, too late versus Tennessee. And that's a team, and that's a, a game that they could have won. Yeah, to me, the thing that, that just scares me, I think y'all have like the six best, like six scoring offense in the NFL. All right, that's like, the main, like I feel like that's that's the thing that, that scares me with you guys. You know, and, and I've been talking about this from the beginning of the show. And I, I, I feel like a lot of people that, watch the show might think I'm a Bears hater, but I'm not. I just I, I just don't I, I just don't see a lot of, you know, movement in your offense. And like you said. Sounds like hate to me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, how's it hate if if y'all didn't y'all I mean not the sixth offense, y'all the sixth worst, worst offense in the yeah. show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like yeah, my fault. That's a big that's a big misunderstanding. Yeah, you're, you're not a hater, you're just a stater. You're just stating <laughs> facts. All you're doing is throwing like, that information out there and letting everyone else yeah. at the house digest it. I'm just saying, like you know, like being 26 in the league and scoring is that's 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 not good, man. And I, I just, so when it comes to trying to make it to the playoffs, that's not a that's not a good recipe for success, you know. So, um, if I had if I had a team, I feel like could sneak in over you guys. It might have to be the Panthers. Ooh, okay, Teddy Two Gloves. Yeah, it would have to be the Panthers because. Uh, Chris McCaffrey's back. They're starting to play some good football. And then they're actually playing, they play some really good teams, really tough, you know. And they, this isn't about how tough you play guys or not. This is the NFL. And they, it's either you get in or you don't. But I just, I feel like their offense is playing a little bit better than y'all's. Mm-hmm. And, but, but y'all defense is always so good and it keeps you in the mix. So I could, I could see y'all slipping in and kind of being like the Steelers was last year. Um, and going, but the Steelers went eight and eight. I think y'all can go like nine and seven, you know. 
But I just don't, it's, it's going to be hard for me to see y'all consistently win, you know, when your offense is, is the 26th in the NFL. Yeah, two things, as Mary J. Blige said, that we don't need in this dancery, Ryan. Hateration or holleration, and you're bringing plenty of it when it comes to the Chicago <laughs> Bears. But uh, like you said, Carolina Panthers, if they, if they sneak in, it, it wouldn't be that surprising because they have played you know, a, a, a different style of football lately. And this week on uh, FanDuel, more ways to win. If you're tuning in in your local area, you know, I picked the Carolina Panthers as one of my two upsets this week. I have them 21 to 20 over those Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Carolina. Mm. I also went with Seattle over the Rams. That shouldn't be an upset, but the Rams are favored in that one. 31-21, I'm going the Russell Rams Wilson. Favored. favored. Can you believe that? Can you believe it? I don't know if Where's you're- it, is, it, is, it in, is it in LA? It's at Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium, but uh, is, Rus is somebody, Russell Wilson, is, he's, at, he's at home in Los Angeles. I mean, you see his is somebody, gear. Is somebody hurt? Not, not, not to my knowledge. <laughs> not, not, I think maybe it's just at home cooking. It's just the Rams and right now and, and what they have laying in front of them that has them as, as the favorite in this game. But I'm going with Russell Wilson, he's going to cook this week, 31-21. And once again, Carolina, 21-20 over Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. They're going to take advantage of that uh, that game that we saw Drew Brees and then punch him in the mouth because that's exactly what it was. So, Ryan, there we have it, man. How, how you feel about my, my uh, NFC picks as far as uh, one through seven and then the Bears being that team that sneaks in? No, I, I think that's solid. I think, I think that's really solid. I, I can see the Bears sneaking in over the Rams because they both have solid defenses, but the Bears' defense is better. So I would have to go with the Bears um, over the Rams, but I, so I, I don't I don't I don't see nothing bad going on with there. Um, I, I feel like y'all just have to figure out a way to get Allen Robinson and mm -hmm. David Montgomery involved a little bit better. It really hurt that Tyreek Cohen is out, and um, Nick Foles is just gonna have to figure something out. I don't know if uh, if uh, Nagy's gonna have to switch over play calling duties, play calling or, duties for sure or whatever, but. Y'all gonna have to make some type of changes if y'all really wanna get into the playoffs. Yeah, we're gonna need to see Nick Foles manufacture because after all, Chicago, Illinois is called the city that works and the Bears, they have plenty of work to do as the season unfolds. And there you have it. Those are our strengths and weaknesses, our pros and cons when it comes to those postseason teams and those squads still looking to sneak into the postseason. And that's gonna do it for this edition of the Tuesday Ringer NFL Show. He's Ryan Shazier. I'm Cole Wright. And as always, we're part of the Ringer Podcast Network. And you can follow us over on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also give us a follow on Twitter at the Ringer NFL. And next Tuesday, we'll be back. Same place, same time, same channel. But next Wednesday on the Ringer NFL Show, that's right. It's Warren Sharp. He's going to provide some week nine thoughts, analytics, and some betting insights. He and the guys, they're always a great listen. So tune in then, and we'll see you next time. Say goodbye, Ryan. See you guys.